Welcome to RV Out West. I'm your host, Brooks. My family of four's base camp is located in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, and our RV adventures radiate from there. I'm relatively new to RVing, and a few years ago, I convinced my wife that for an anniversary present, we should buy a used tent trailer from some friends of ours. Ever since then, we have fallen head over heels for the RV life, and we now find ourselves towing a 26-foot Jayco travel trailer. So grab yourself a mug of coffee and join us as we discuss RVing around the West. From sweet camping spots, gear and equipment, to tips and tricks, we've got you covered. We are RV Out West. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining RV Out West today. I'm your host, Brooks. I am born and raised in the Pacific Northwest, where we will use as our base camp for all of our family explorations and RV travels around the greater West. I grew up uh, as a child driving from Washington to California every summer in the 80s to go visit my grandparents. So I have had a lot of time staring out of a windshield or out of the side window in the back seat as my parents drove up and down and over the Shasta Mountains and through the San Andreas Desert. And I really love the tranquility that I find from being on the road. I often joke with my wife and my family that I don't even get comfortable in the driver's seat till I've been sitting down for about six hours behind the wheel. Shortly after college, I traded in and I bought a 1978 V-Dub Westfalia camper bus. And so I was, I've been doing, I was doing van life long before hashtag van life was a thing. I took that Volkswagen bus through 37 states and a U.S. territory. I have driven coast to coast six different times. Right after I graduated from university, my first big trek, I went with some college buddies and we took Athena, the Volkswagen bus, down to Mardi Gras. And we left from Seattle and our turnaround point was New Orleans. That was kind of that last hoorah before joining the working world and becoming a working stiff. We had a great adventure. We Saw a bunch of great national parks and had a great time, from what I remember, at Mardi Gras and exploring the area on the way back. And that also taught me a lot about kind of that idea of being on the road and that the journey is all part of it, more so than the destination. As we did break down uh, three different times. In fact, every time I took Athena, the Volkswagen bus, across the United States, she broke down on me three different times. So that taught me patience, to expect it, to roll with the punches, to just kind of be like, it's okay, we'll get through it. And you often do. Uh, one time I remember that the starter went out in that Volkswagen bus and the starters on those things are between the driver's front seat and the driver's rear tire. So as you can imagine, every time... I pulled into a gas station to fill the tank. We would need to use a screwdriver with a rubber handle to arc the starter so we could get the bus to start. And you can imagine there was a lot of paper, rock, scissors with me and my friends to whose turn was it to lie down in a on the ground in a gas station and arc the starter and hopefully not blow us and the gas station up to smithereens. We did finally get that fixed and adjusted as we rolled into Cincinnati, uh, saw a mechanic there and had the starter replaced. Um, other times I've driven across the, the United States, let's see, I've done uh, 
Philly to San Francisco, Ojai to Philly, and uh, the most recent trip uh, was in 2010 when my wife and I uh, did Philadelphia to Seattle. You see, my wife and I are bi-coastal. Her family lives in the burbs outside of Philadelphia, and my family's here in the Pacific Northwest. And so... Uh, years ago, we made the decision kind of after my wife had finished up with graduate school, you know, as that next step, we knew we wanted to start a family and mortgage payments and all of that other kind of stuff were coming into play. We wanted to figure out where was it that we wanted to lay roots and the Pacific Northwest uh, was really just kind of calling us. And so we ended up moving back to, for me, back to the Pacific Northwest I originally left the Pacific Northwest in 1999, a bit on a whim, but I, in the early days of the internet, we're talking bulletin boards and dial-up, I luckily found a job in my field at the time that took me and a old high school, dear high school friend of mine, to the U.S. Virgin Islands. And so I spent the mid-20s living down in the Caribbean, living on St. Thomas and working in my field and exploring. And so this kind of idea and notion of an adventurous spirit and wanderlust is a very big piece of the puzzle as to who I am and what my family is about. Shortly thereafter, I moved in that time away. I moved to San Francisco And while I was living in San Francisco, it was there that I met my wife. We dated for a couple of years, and then I ended up going back to school. And so we moved to Southern California and lived down near Ojai, California, which is down by Ventura, a little south of Santa Barbara. And it was there that we got married. And so have traveled together ever since. We are wonderful travel companions. She's a great compliment. She's the yin to my yang, if you will. Um... And so she shares that adventurous spirit. Camping when we were, you know, new parents was something we were trying to do. But it was very, very difficult to be, for us, to be car camping with an infant and a toddler. You got to worry about is that one child picking up a rock when they're in that, that period of their life where everything is tactile and they pick it up and it's hand to mouth and are they eating a rock are they you know some of those things sure you know eat a little dirt and it'll be fine but you know we didn't want a kid swallowing a rock or doing anything you know picking something else up that we weren't aware of what it was and then at that time you know my wife and I we waited a little bit longer to start our family and so uh, to be on the ground in a tent or We finally upgraded and got one of those inflatable mattresses that would taco all the time. And so we we got the Tajma tent from Costco. And so we could put a kid in a pack and play. We had a little dog bed for the dog. We could fit a queen inflatable mattress that would taco the two of us together. And just not really getting a great night's sleep. But we knew that camping was something we wanted to do with our children and that we want to instill that value of travel's important and adventure and looking and seeing and experiencing different cultures and geography and geology and all of that is really, really important to us. And so I would kind of summarize that the road has always been something that we've wanted to do and has always kind of called us. It's been important to us. So why RV? 
We ended up, it's a funny story how we ended up getting into a pop-up. A little bit of a brief backstory. My wife, Susie, uh, grew up in a household in a family that really wasn't campers. They didn't camp a lot growing up. So camping uh, was relatively new to her when she first, when she and I first started dating. Um, And so there was sleeping on the beaches in Costa Rica and not having any reservations and just taking a tent and finding a spot at night and calling it good to now having children and, and trying to go camping and figuring out, again, like I'd mentioned, what that all looks like. Uh, in 2019, an opportunity presented itself. I'd always kind of been interested in the idea of a tent trailer, a pop-up trailer, something I could easily you know, store in my garage and keep out of the rainy, wet Pacific Northwest to keep it in good condition. And some friends of ours had upgraded from their tent trailer to a uh, travel trailer. So I was speaking with them and asking, hey, what what are your plans? What are you guys going to do with the tent trailer? And we were over at their house uh, at a barbecue. They said, oh, we're looking to sell it. Why? Would you guys be interested? And almost simultaneously, I said yes, and my wife said no. And I kind of looked at her. She kind of looked at me. And then our friend was like, well, look, why don't you guys just kind of talk it over and then get back to me? So we went home, we kind of discussed it, and the irony then was that my wife was of the thought that getting a tent trailer means we were getting soft, and that's not really camping, and what are we doing? That's not really what it is. And I was like, yeah, but you know, with the kids and being able to put them to bed and then still be able to go sit around a campfire and and have that time and knowing that they're tucked in and safe would be a nice choice. So our friends decided to go ahead and let us borrow the tent trailer. They were going away for the whole month of July. So they were like, why don't you just take it, keep it at your house. When we get back in August, we'll figure it out. You can either return it or if you want to buy it, we'll make the arrangements then. We were like, great, we take it, you know, test spin. So we go on an annual camping trip every year at the end of June with like 10 to 12 families. It's our kickoff the summer and we just go and it's a bunch of families. So we took the tent trailer that year. We rolled into camp. We we got it set up. We didn't have a pedestal because originally we were planning to just tent camp, so there was no need. So we were dry camping. And after we got the kids to bed, you know, the next morning, my wife kind of rolls over to me and looks at me and she goes, yeah, you're right. We're buying this. And so it just kind of coincided with our anniversary. So that was our anniversary present. And we haven't looked back since. We've really enjoyed using Pippa, the pop-up. And have taken Pippa on a bunch of adventures here around the Pacific Northwest. One of the things that's interesting, you know, is I I look at all these stats from Go RVing. And there's a lot of people getting into RVing this year because of the pandemic. For a lot of the same reasons we look to do it. You know, you got in 2020, you know, according to Go RVing, you're looking at a projected RVer surpassing 2019 by 4.5%. That's despite a two-month RV industry shutdown because of COVID. Folding camping trailers like the tent trailers or those A-liners or some of those others are on a significant jump in August over last year with a 28% increase. And these numbers are more reflecting that younger audience. So the idea of, oh, people go RVing in retirement, you know, the statistics and the numbers are not necessarily showing that's the case. So it's a really exciting time right now to to be a part of the RV life and doing that. In 2019, we went to the Seattle RV show just to kind of go look. I was more interested in looking at all of the other stuff, not as much the the RVs, the trailers, the motorhomes, but like 
all the other kind of gear accessories. And I was planning to go and geek out on the gear. Unfortunately, at the Seattle RV show, there wasn't a lot of RV gear related side stuff to look at. So we did. We we looked at some of the trailers and looked at Airstreams and looked at fifth wheels and looked at all these different motorhomes. And we're like, oh, this is nice. We started looking at other trailers that maybe more were in our price range and something I could tow with my F-150. Granted, I hadn't done any major research on what my F-150 could tow. We didn't even have an idea, but we were like, gee, it would be nice. But, you know, we were still very happy with the tent trailer. And then last summer, we went on a trip and it was super hot. It was like in the late 80s, early 90s Fahrenheit. And Our kids were out biking and they weren't drinking their water. They were getting really dehydrated and getting heat exhaustion. And other friends of ours at the time had a tent trailer or I mean, excuse me, had a travel trailer. So they let our kids go in and sit in there with the AC to cool off. We were giving them Pedialyte pops to kind of, you know, get some um, electrolytes back into them. And at that point, we're like, hmm, maybe this is something to think about. And then the pandemic kept getting worse and worse. So the idea then of having our own bathroom and our own head to use so we didn't have to go into a public bathhouse and to be more self-sufficient really kind of was the catalyst for why we we ended up switching over and purchasing a travel trailer. So this December, at the end of the year, we purchased a Jayco 267 BHSW. We knew we wanted bunks and we knew we wanted a queen bed that... Uh, my wife and I could get in from each of our own side of the bed instead of having to kind of need to crawl over each other to to get into the bed. So we have taken our Jayco on a couple of trips already. We've done some winter camping, which was new for us. And it was warm. It was cozy. We had a great time. The last thing is about the Pacific Northwest. What we love about the Pacific Northwest and what's really special about the Pacific Northwest is that If I were to make Seattle the epicenter, uh, within a five-hour drive of Seattle, you have five very distinct geographic, geological situations. You have the Pacific Ocean and kind of the coastal Pacific Ocean areas, beaches and, and that kind of thing. You have a rainforest that gets a large amount of precipitation there along uh, the Olympic National Park. You have the Cascade Mountain Range, so you have high alpine lakes for great for fishing. You have uh, lots of mountain hiking. You've got skiing and snowboarding and all of those kind of winter activities that the mountains offer. In eastern Washington, you have your more arid deserts. And in kind of the southeast corner of Washington State, you have these the beautiful rolling wheat fields of the Palouse. You have great climate for growing grapes. And so that area of Walla Walla and Yakima are all great areas for grape growing and and vintners and winemaking. So, you know, we have a lot of outdoor recreation, a lot to explore within our state. And so, you know, I've been fortunate enough right now to see 48 out of the 50 states. I only have left to see is Alabama and North Dakota. Otherwise, I've seen them. I've been through them. I've camped in them. I've visited them. I've done all sorts of things. So I find the Pacific Northwest is a really unique and very wonderful, beautiful place to to spend our time camping. And for us, it's our backyard. So RV Out West is all about 
staying right here in the Pacific Northwest and going into Oregon and, and exploring Washington and Oregon. But it's not just about the Pacific Northwest. We are going to be exploring. This summer, we're looking to go to Glacier National Park and futures, you know, are are Yellowstone and looking at Lake Louise and Banff once Canada finally opens up after the pandemic. So RV Out West is going to talk about places to go, see, explore, and adventures to do within the Pacific Northwest and beyond. We are excited to share our love of our backyard with all of you so you can find new places to camp. Or if you're visiting the Pacific Northwest, we can help share ideas of places to see, explore, where to stay, where to camp, where to eat, what to do. And we want to be able to share that with with you. As a part of the show, we're going to have a segment that we call the Pit Stop. So it's time for a Pit Stop. This is where we take five to highlight a a product or a recipe or share a tip, trick, hack, or something that you can use to kind of simplify your life. And I figured for the pilot episode, the greatest, most wonderful thing about the Pacific Northwest, besides our delightful craft beer that we're known for, is our salmon. And so I wanted to share with you a very wonderful, easy, simple grilling recipe for salmon. My family used to always do like the half a salmon rolled up in the tinfoil with the lemon and the onions and the garlic and bake it in the oven and do it all that way. Or grilling it on a plank cedar um, on the grill was another way. I have a friend of mine who's Croatian, grew up, moved over here to the Pacific Northwest, and he did a lot of work up on the salmon boats up in Alaska. And so one time we were over at his house grilling and I just caught a bunch of salmon out here in the Puget Sound and brought it over to Harris house. And he showed me the most absolutely magnificent way to, to grill salmon. And once he showed me, it was this like mind blown aha moment. And ever since then I've cooked salmon no other way. Both my children love salmon. My nine-year-old son, Wesley, will eat a full adult-sized portion of salmon and often then wrap up cleaning up what his sister, Vivian, didn't eat. Uh, Note to parents, by the way, the salmon piece of the tail section of a salmon is the best piece to give to younger children. There tends not to be a lot of bones, so if you're worried about a younger child of yours eating salmon... Uh, That won't have a lot of the bones. So the tail piece we often give to the youngest who's joining us for that meal. Now, grilling. Here's all you're going to need. You're going to need good first cold-pressed olive oil. This is the time to use the good stuff, not just the normal stuff you use to saute in in a skillet. So use your good olive oil, good salt, good pepper. That is it. What you're going to do is you're going to take your salmon filet, and if you've got half a salmon, you're going to want to go ahead and at this time cut them into portions. You're going to want to, You're not going to want to cook this this method of salmon on the whole grill as a whole half a salmon. In the meantime, get your grill nice and hot, as hot as you can get it. So you're going to do a, a nice light coating of olive oil on the flesh of the salmon and then salt and pepper. Then go out to your grill. This is where it gets a little what, what? You are actually going to cook it flesh side down on the grill, not skin side, flesh side down. What's fantastic about this is with your when your grill is nice and hot and you've got that flesh on the grill, you're going to get beautiful grill marks on that piece of salmon, 
but also you can watch it cook. So you're going to go from that that raw uh, sashimi looking beautiful kind of pink hue and as it cooks, you know, it gets a little lighter pink, some might even say a little white. And you're going to watch it cook up. And as it cooks up, which will be dependent upon the thickness of your of those salmon fillets and some pieces might cook faster than the other if you're using thicker pieces of, of filet, but you watch it cook up. And when it gets to about half to two thirds of the way cooked up. And so kind of the top half to the skin is still looking like that raw pink color. You give it one flip over onto the skin and then go ahead and you can turn the heat down now and you're just going to finish cooking it on that skin. Again, you're watching it cook through and once it's cooked through, you can pull that salmon filet right off your grill and the skin's going to peel right off. So you don't even have to worry about the skin and then you're ready to plate it. I oftentimes, once I do the flip, I will then uh, grill asparagus and a little olive oil and lemon pepper on the grill as a as my side dish. So while I'm cooking the asparagus and getting that hot and the grill going there, I have the other side of the grill, which is down to you know medium medium low while the salmon is finishing and then i can get that going so that way i can time pulling the grilled asparagus and the salmon off the grill at the same time it's a super super simple recipe you can serve it up with a beautiful nice light white wine it's great in the campsite great at home super healthy and it usually only takes about five to seven minutes to grill that salmon until it's fork tender the one thing you don't want to do is overcook salmon. If over over salmon gets, you know, overly cooked, it gets really dry and it's not the best. I just kind of wanted to give that as a tip to you, being that this is a Pacific Northwest show. I figured no way to start off an episode of Pit Stop, but to share with you best ways to go about cooking salmon. Our next episode will discuss why a pop-up is a great first trailer and a few pitfalls of a tent trailer. Thank you for listening today to our pilot episode. We will be publishing a new podcast every two weeks, so please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Is there something that you specifically would like to know about RVing in the Pacific Northwest? Please drop us an email at rv.out.west at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening to RV Out West. Join us again in two weeks with our next episode. Please like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you choose to get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And I sure would appreciate if you left a rating or a review of the show. Special thanks to Scott Holmes Music for providing the intro song, We Are One. RV Out West can be found on Instagram and Facebook where you can interact with us and follow along on our RV adventures around the Pacific Northwest. So get out there, explore, and go see what's beyond the horizon.